Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. Hey, welcome back for those of you that have been listening to our live broadcast. And, you know, what's kind of cool about this is we started pretty early today. Um, this is the second day of a phenomenal three-day event. Uh, thanks to the vision and the dream of Eric Lawyer, Firefighter Seattle. But, you know, he's not alone anymore. There is a village, a village that has stepped out to help him. Help him beyond anything that you can even imagine. You know, what is it when you can no longer live in fear and hate? You know, what is it about your life that you long for to shift and change? You know, this is a firefighter in Seattle. His life savings, everything has gone to this event because he's passionate about creating the shift from fear to love. All of us have said yes. We've said yes to support. We've said yes to help. And more importantly, I think we're all saying yes to changing our own lives. I know for me, I never thought when I said yes to support and help this in our three-day broadcast, live broadcast on Transformation Talk Radio, I don't think I ever thought that any of us here at the Dr. Pat Show would be as profoundly changed as I think we all have been. I know for me personally, I know I'm not probably not going to make sense out of all of this until maybe Monday when when we can spend some time and reflect. But I will tell you that uh, um, all of us here are amongst some of the world's most amazing individuals, whether they are the speakers that many of you know or the people that have been in the audiences and, and listening and so willing to step up. Tomorrow, we'll be in front of thousands, millions worldwide, live webcast of all the events, a moment of love tomorrow afternoon with Eric from a memorial stadium in Seattle. And uh, how that's come together is a miracle in itself. Joining me now uh, is someone that could probably help all of us make some sense on how this is all coming together. The path of synchronicity, you know, with author uh, Dr. Alan Hunter. You know, he spent a lot of his life looking at the ways in literature and writing can enrich our lives. Uh, boy, have I got a question for him today. And the wisdom we can gain from that. You know, he has a theory of six archetypes, and we'll talk about that as well. You know, he's a professor of literature, a counselor, the author of ten books, uh, The Six Archetypes of, Lo- uh, of Love. Uh, and and the from innocence to a magician and the path of synchronicity the path of synchronicity align yourself with your life's flow you know what this is for me a phenomenal conversation i am so thrilled to have dr ellen hunter joining me here today dr hunter i am honored i i feel so blessed and grateful thank you for joining me today Oh, thank you so much for inviting me because I wouldn't miss this for anything. 
I want to talk with you about the word synchronicity for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. I love the word. Um, and, and yet, I think very few of us uh, get to experience the true flow that you refer to. Yeah. I would love for you to just chat for a little bit about synchronicity from your perspective about how this weekend has been developed. Well, in many ways, your weekend is a perfect example because uh, synchronicity is loosely defined as those astonishing moments when things just seem to go right. And many people say, oh, you know, what a fluke, what a piece of luck, and they just dismiss it. But actually, if we listen to those moments, we can see that there are more of them than we think there are. And when we look on our lives and say, well, how did I get to where I am today? What were the events that pushed me here? Sometimes we say, gosh, you know, what a strange series of of coincidences this has been. I mean, that's Jerry Garcia, really, isn't it? Saying what a long, strange path it's been. He he couldn't have imagined it, although in some ways he knew he was doing something. And the same for you with this weekend. Um, well, it's more than weekend. It's three days. Here was uh, uh, the 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 person who actually thought up the idea. And what was really interesting was to me was that, you know, in three months, three months people will tell you you can't possibly do a major event in three months. Yeah, you know, every, everyone did. Day. Everyone said that. You're absolutely <laughs> <Everyone> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the point is, though, that um, maybe if you're going to set about things in a certain way, yes, you do need a year. But when you tap into your own energies and you you raise everyone else's awareness so that their energies are mobilized, it really is astonishing what can happen. And it's almost impossible to say what is impossible under those circumstances because people step forward. They say, oh, I can help with that, or I know somebody who can do that, or they find a better way of doing things. And doors that normally would perhaps be closed tend to spring open. And this is particularly true um, if we're doing something that is for the general good. Uh, doors can spring open if we're if we're looking to make ourselves rich, that's for sure. But there is a remarkable tendency of the universe to help along really heartfelt and generous and altruistic urges. Uh, things just seem to get into motion. And when I write about synchronicity, what I say is, you know, it's very pos possible that we're not on this earth in order to to do what we want but we might just be on this earth to do whatever it is that destiny or fate or the universe needs us to do to make it a better place because that's what tends to happen. Um, people get together and the energy they generate makes change possible where normally change could not be possible. If you want a simple example of that, uh, you know, that's any... Any sports team where they have a really inspiring coach and where everyone believes in what they're doing, suddenly the team as a whole is able to do far more than any one individual could ever do because it's not about the ego, you see. And that's what synchronicity is really about. It's about 
catching that flow and realizing, oh, this isn't about me anymore. Well, in fact, Dr. Pat, you know, this, it isn't about you. It's about the event, of course. So yes. I admire the fact that you've put the ego aside. And that's allowed the energy of the universe and the energy of all the people participating, all the listeners, everyone concerned, it's allowed that to flow in a positive direction. And that's really at the center of synchronicity. You know, it's so interesting we're talking about this. I mean, I commented about this earlier, uh, Dr. Hunter, and it was that, you know, when the opportunity came to us, it wasn't even an opportunity. It was an idea uh, about four weeks ago when we when we sort of uh, jumped in, and I thought to myself, I've just got to help this guy. I, I don't know how. I don't know what. I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, and I just told the team, I said, we're just going to do this, maybe a live broadcast, maybe interview him. We brought him on. And I find myself in a very beautiful place in my life, and I would love for you to talk to this in terms of synchronicity and your work. You know, I was uh, moderating a panel last night, um, Lindsay Wagner, uh, yeah. uh, James O.D., and Ocean Robbins, and it was webcast everywhere, and it was just beautiful. But along this journey of saying yes, I found myself at a place where Eric Lawyers asked me to do a 10-minute a, a segment tomorrow live on radical mm-hmm. forgiveness. And yeah. I thought to myself, why me? And, you know, there's that moment in time where you start to question yourself, um, and then you say yes anyway. <laughs> how how would you describe I'm just one person so I want to take it sort of away from me at the moment but there are many others you are another one many of the speakers here many of the people that are doing webcasts tomorrow please describe for us that level of synchronicity that must be happening around this event and what really is the vibration that's pulling us all towards this Oh, the vibration is definitely love. Mm. It's definitely love. And there is no higher vibration and no stronger vibration. And when we, when you describe yourself as responding to Eric's call and getting the team together and the team obviously agreed, they didn't say, oh, you know, who's going to pay us overtime? They didn't say, oh, you know, um, sorry, I've got my vacation booked. They, they responded from the heart rather from, than from necessarily from the more rational, more self-seeking head which tends to be wrapped a little bit more in ego and so when we when we contact this energy it's absolutely infectious and we know individuals who are very good at doing that people like yourself people like your other speakers who are really good at motivating others and bringing them into that heartfelt space which is the space of love it's also the space of gratitude and compassion and a very strange thing happens when we move out of the ego space. Uh, we could, all of us have responded to the events of 9-11. We could all have responded by being really angry and really upset. In fact, the day after 9-11, I was driving to work, and I thought, I, I'm going to drive really carefully today because I don't know how people are going to be feeling on the road. And what I discovered was that the shock of the event and the sorrow of the event hadn't made them more angry. It had actually made them more thoughtful. Everyone was driving very gently and 
you know, letting cars go ahead of them and, and being very considerate. And actually, there was a feeling, strangely enough, that in reaction to something horrible, we had all become a little more loving towards everyone around us. Mm. And that's the strange, the wonderful, the magnificent thing about synchronicity is that it taps into that loving energy. And really, if you look at the world, there are disasters everywhere, and we see that on the news and we read, oh, this is a disaster, oh, how terrible. But then if we look just a little further, we'll see people being endlessly loving and generous and kind and brave, like the firefighters, many of whom died, who didn't hesitate, but they must have known they were going to their deaths when the Twin Towers were burning. And they didn't hesitate, they went, they did what they had to do for, for a higher love. And you know that whenever I think about it, I, 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 I am in awe of their sacrifice and in awe of their selflessness. And that's at the core of, of synchronicity. When we get out of our own ways, when we stop saying, oh, I'm going to do this for me because this will look good, because people will pat me on the back, then we put ourselves into a different vibrational energy. We put ourselves into the energy of the universe. And then then the miracles happen, and they are miracles. But they, they happen, and we look back and say, oh, how did that happen? Gosh, that was... But actually, that's, that's everyday synchronicity. It's all around us, and sometimes it's magnificently around us like this weekend. Mm. You know, Dr. Hunter, I I could listen to you for hours. I, I just forgot <laughs> I was on radio here for a moment. Um, I wanted to ask you, I've just briefly talked about Eric Lawyer, and I wanted mm. to talk about archetypes for a moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you had to pick an archetype to describe mm. him, what would it be? Mm. Well, you know, I haven't met him, but um, I can be pretty sure that by organizing and helping to start and being a, a prime mover in starting this this weekend, which is focused around the shift from fear to love, and in there there's got to be forgiveness as well. Mm-hmm. You know, just knowing that about him, I would have to say that working as he is, he's in very strong contact with what I call the highest archetype, the magician archetype. And it's the magician archetype who doesn't say, I'm going to do this, stand aside, everybody. The magician is able to bring out the very best in other people, which, I mean, actually that is magic, isn't it? Yes, it is. You know, you, 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 you say to people, this is what I would like to do because it's a really good idea. Who's, who's going to join me? And there's no compulsion, there's no everybody's got to. And in that sense, what happens is an army of volunteers steps forward and they they pledge their hearts and they give up their sleep and their vacations and their TV shows. And suddenly you have an almost invincible bunch of people who will work miracles. Again, like the team coach will, will cause a team to to perform way beyond any statistical level you could hope to to match by by your reason. So it seems to me that um, his idea is a, is an idea that really had the, is is perfect, and his way of being able to ask for help is both humble 
and inspiring. That's the magician, it seems to me. And I'm sure along the way, you know, we don't live in the magician archetype all the time. We have flashes of it, unless, you know, we're, we're very saintly. Uh, and I'm sure at times there was questioning when perhaps he and you all felt despair and, oh, this isn't going to work. And then, then at moments like that, we slipped temporarily down the list of the six archetypes in order to gather our strength and move forward again. But the fact that this event is happening proves that he's a magician, and you are all part of being magicians. Mm. You know, Dr. Hunter, I know that you are a professor of literature. Yeah. And uh, I will make an admission right here. Was never really my strength. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> uh, I actually have literature envy. I just want to say that. Um, uh, because I've always been fascinated by it. Hmm. And, uh, you know, my upbringing was uh, one of blue collar. I stuttered uh, as a teenager. Uh, reading and literature was extremely hard for me. It was very painful because I was so drawn to it. And yet, I would have been one of these students that you would have asked to come to the front of the class. And, oh boy, I'm not going to be able to get this out. You would ask to be able to come to the front of the class, and you would have me pick one of my, maybe a favorite poem, you know, or, mm. or maybe something, Edgar Allan Poe, I completely admired. And you would ask me to come to the front of the class, and I would stand up there bravely. And I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be able to get a verse out of my mouth. Mm, and, yeah. and, and astonishingly, and now you can't shut me up. Uh, <laughs> but my question is about literature and, and from yeah. your experience. Mm -hmm. What are some of the lessons might we learn from yeah. literature? What, what are some of the, you know, what might, what might we use? from that which has been written to describe that which is about to happen. Yes. Well, this is at the center of my book on synchronicity because, of course, literature is often concerned with fate and what's going to happen next and how it is going to end. You know, is it going to end happily and is it going to end sadly? Um, and so, you know, your, your question is absolutely on target because... If we take one of the, the great pieces of literature that everybody knows the name of, but which most of us have managed to avoid reading, I would point to Shakespeare's Hamlet. Right. Okay? Everybody knows about this play, sort of. Um, but actually, it's a huge meditation on synchronicity, and when he asks to be or not to be, he's saying, well, you know, what should I do? Should I do this or should I do that? And what he learns, if you read the play to the end, which most people don't, um, if you re read it right to the end, he, after he's seen his, uh, you know, his beloved, uh, his woman he loves most, Ophelia, after he's seen her dead, she's, she's killed herself, or accidentally managed to kill herself by drowning, he's a changed man and he stops, he stops worrying at the question, saying, what, 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 what do I do, what do I do? He instead says, I know there's something I have to do. I will listen and I will respond. And he says that in a number of, of very poignant speeches. And when he gives up trying to do it his way, that's when the power of fate or God or the universe uh, 
takes him, as it were, in its hand and leads him to where he needs to be. He finishes the task he needs to. He gets rid of the evil characters in a, actually a legal way because they're all proven guilty before him so he doesn't have to murder anybody. He, he does execute them, but he doesn't murder them. And so I would say you know, that's one piece of literature which is representative of so much literature that there comes a point in the story when the main character stops trying so hard and says, okay, let's see where it's going to flow. And that's the moment when he or she gives in to faith or to a belief in, in a benevolent universe, gives in to synchronicity, and then things start to happen. And that's true even of detective stories. If you think of every detective story you've ever read from... Agatha Christie onwards, there's a point at which the detective, Poirot or, or Sam Spade or whoever he is, uh, gets everyone together not knowing quite where it's going to end. And he sort of, he or she, just lobs theories at them until something breaks. And at that point, he or she is not in charge anymore. Mm. And that's absolutely crucial. In our lives, all of us, we like to be in charge. We have insurance policies, of course. We have retirement funds. We have savings. You know, we watch the stock market to make sure that we'll have enough in our savings. We think we're in charge, but we're not. We don't know what the stock market's going to do. Right. Of course we don't. We, we, we check the figures and we talk with our brokers, maybe, and we feel, oh, I'm doing all the right things. But actually, it's a mask. We don't know what's going to happen. Right. We have to have faith and we have to see what comes our way and greet it without taking it personally. Oh, the stock market's gone down? Well... It does that. You know, it's not, it's not a vindictive deity trying to make me feel bad. It's just what happens. Literature is full of this, and it, in some ways, that's why literature was written, because people everywhere were asking the question, well, you know, how should I live my life? Should I be worried about this stuff? What should I do? And the stories again and again and again and again, 3,000 years of literature is what I've surveyed. Again and again, the stories say, relax your grip. Don't try and control. Listen to what's coming to you, and the lessons will be there. And you'll have to learn them, but you can't hear them if you're gripping too hard and trying too hard. I think that's one of the one of the great lessons of of nine eleven is that we could any of us have held on to grief and sorrow and really gripped hard, but actually after a while we find that grief and sorrow is is not the way to go, and we relax our grip, and that's when we open the possibility for seeing and being another way and saying oh. We have a lot to be thankful for, and maybe holding on to sorrow is the most destructive thing we can do for ourselves. Oh, Dr. Hunter, thank you so much for joining us here today. How, how can folks find out more about your books and more about you? Well, I'm easily found. My website is www.allanhunter, H-U-N-T-E-R, all one word, dot net. Um, don't go to alanhunter.com. Apparently, he is an Australian footballer. I'm sure he's a very <laughs> lovely, 
very lovely person, but it won't do you much good. Uh, there you'll find all of my books, all ten of them. Um, there's another one uh, coming out next year uh, on on spiritual hunger. But you'll find uh, the path of synchronicity, the six archetypes of love, and all the others are listed there. Or you can go to Amazon.com and click on my author page, and you'll find them all there. Oh, I love it. Dr. Alan Hunter, let's take a short break. Uh, what an amazing soul. Thank you so much, Dr. Hunter. I can't thank you enough. Oh, I can't thank you enough for including me. You're really, this is a blessed moment. Thank you. All right, everyone. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Forgiveness, the Key to Freedom with Colette Baron reed We'll be right back, everyone. <laughs> 